He is the one who loves to cook most in our relationship, and he's wonderful at it. And part of me is like, do I propose with a KitchenAid mixer? Because, <laughs> like, because he's wanted one for so long and just, hey, this is really important to me. You're really important to me. Will you marry me with a KitchenAid stand mixer? Welcome to How To. I'm Charles Duhigg. And you and I, we have been together for a while now. And, and things have been going really well, right? They're getting serious. And so I thought it's about time we talk about making this thing permanent, like for the rest of our lives. Um, so I reached out to y'all because I am partnered with this really wonderful man. And someday I think I'd like to marry him. But I kind of want to be the one to ask that question. And I just have no idea how to start. This is Ashley. I am a wardrobe stylist and copywriter and dog mom and plant mom living in Durham, North Carolina. Ashley met her boyfriend Carter two years ago, and their romance has really blossomed since then. They share a home and a dog. They've even combined their finances. And so naturally, they've started talking about where things go from here. So as we are talking about things like money and future stuff, um, marriage kind of inevitably starts to creep its way into that conversation. Why is it important to you that you propose rather than him? I think it's important to me to be the the one to propose or maybe the first one to propose because um, men typically get to drive that conversation a lot. Um, and when I was trying to figure out like, okay, like is this a, is proposing to him something that I want to do or can do, like if you Google like women proposing to men, like you don't get a lot of really helpful information. <laughs> Ashley's right. In fact, one of Google's top search results for women looking to propose to men is about Leap Day, which is this Irish and Scottish tradition where women, and I'm quoting here, have permission to propose to men on February 29th. But come on, Google, it's 2020. Ashley doesn't need permission. But Google also says that in heterosexual relationships, 97% of proposals are still initiated by the man. And regardless of who proposes, getting married is obviously a big deal. And how you propose, that, that can matter a lot because it can exacerbate the existing power dynamics in a relationship. There's a small part of me that worries um, about that power dynamic because, again, like, we've just thrown so many of them out the window um, in that, like, also I make more than he does. Um, and I'm younger than he is. And so there are all these weird things where it's like, well, maybe there aren't rules after all. <laughs> I think I do worry that people will think that I have done it because I'm sick of waiting for him. Um, and that's not the case for me at all. And I also worry that, I don't know, what am I ready for this sort of thing? Like, do I need to not have student loan debt? Like, <laughs> do I need to be confident in, like, buying a house or doing other, like, stereotypically adult things before I put this person in a position to, like, maybe say yes or no to something this huge? Like, this is a big deal, which is why I'm just scared out of my mind. <laughs> Ashley has a lot of questions. So we found an expert who knows just how to sweep a guy off his feet. Can she help Ashley find her happily ever after? Don't run away on us.
This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like, can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs? The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen. We're back with Ashley, who wants to propose to her boyfriend. And to Ashley, this isn't such a stretch. People ask us all the time if we're already married, um, <laughs> which is great. Um, but we're an interracial couple, and so I'm a black first-generation uh, Caribbean-American person, and um, he is North Carolina born and bred white guys. And their relationship is different in other ways, too. It's interesting because I'm the one that comes home after, like, a brain-melting day. Um, and he's like, I have dinner. <laughs> um, and I've done all these things. And, like, the dog's been walked and the house is clean. You know, it's interesting that you had mentioned mentioned him as, like, a, a normal Carolina boy, right? Is, yeah. <laughs> and when, when you say that, like, I, it occurs to me that the stereotype of Southern men is that, you know, they mm -hmm. have this honor, right? Are, are you worried that by proposing to him that he or maybe his parents or his family might not take it well because it, it seems like the man is supposed to propose to the woman? Um, it's interesting because his mom and I have actually had this conversation. <laughs> so we will often do Manny Petty Saturdays. And on one of them, um, I was like, would this be weird? And she's like, no, just tell us so we can be there to take pictures. Do you think he would take it the same way that like, like if you asked him to marry you, that he would just be, he would be psyched? Yeah, I think I would have to do it and this is part of what makes me nervous, I would have to do it in a really deliberate, maybe public way so that he knows I'm not kidding. Because I've asked him before, <laughs> like, what What if I, like, asked you to marry me? And he'd be like, I think you were joking. And our expert, it turns out, has some personal experience with just this kind of problem. My boyfriend proposed to me, and I did think he was joking. <laughs> this is Caroline Kitchener. She writes for The Lily, which is part of The Washington Post, and she's thought a lot about women and gender and marriage. We had been together for six years. Um, and of course, you know, I fully expected to marry him, like no doubt in my mind. But he had always said, oh, you know, when we're 30, 31, like that's the time. And and I was like, all right. And, and he was doing that all along to trick me so that I could be fully <laughs> surprised. <laughs> but uh, but the result of that was that I was just entirely like shocked. Really, first thought he was joking. I, I, I it was just so out of the blue. For Caroline, that feeling of shock, it, it was worrisome. Shock just doesn't feel like the thing I'm supposed to feel more than anything else at this moment. I just like can't believe that this is happening and. Um, and so I, I take, I don't know, it felt like an hour, but it, it was probably only like a minute or two. And I say, <laughs> like, you know, we need to talk about this more. Like, not right now. You know, I didn't say no, but I said, not right now. And man, did I hear about that, you know, from my friends who are all like, you know, you're going to marry Robert. What is going on? Why wouldn't you just say yes? Well, did he but, look like crestfallen? What did he look like when, uh, when you I said mean, that? I mean, of course, we were both. I mean, 
the first 12 hours after that were awful. I mean, we were both so sad. It was just the worst thing ever. I mean, he dealt with it in the best way. Like the next morning we wake up and he's like, all right, Caroline, I'm either never going to ask you this again, or I'm going to ask you like 10 times a day, every day. And so we were at the beginning of a two week vacation. And um, (laughs) it's a great way to kick off a vacation. I know, right? I know. You know, it became like something that we can laugh about. And now we laugh about it all the time. Um, But that whole story to lead into uh, the fact that I ended up proposing to him about um, seven months later. Like, I wanted him to know that even though I said no in that moment, I, I just wanted him to know that I was all in and I wanted this more than anything like he did. Ashley, does any of this sound familiar to you? Like, does it does it kind of line up with how you're thinking and feeling? Yeah, I just want to be very methodical and purposeful about it is ringing especially true for me right now. And I wonder if, if, you, if you think that, like, this says something about kind of what gender is like today. Like, the fact that, yeah. that, mm-hmm. that Robert proposed to you, Caroline, and, and that, that you, you sort of had an expectation about what the conversation should be like before that happens. And, and I guess maybe that didn't occur to him. I mean, I think that everything in our society tells us that the guy should propose. I mean, I think weddings in general... As much as gender roles and gender stereotypes have started to dissolve around weddings and the beginning of a marriage, they really haven't. You know, men making these big grand gestures to women are just all over, you know, movies and TV. You just see it everywhere. And now on social media, I mean, so many people put their proposals on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, it's always the guy, you know, making a scavenger hunt or um, right. like just doing something <laughs> or or gathering all of the friends and family together. What, why do you think that, the, that that's true? Like, why is this such a taboo for for the woman to pop the question? So it's something that I've actually, so I've, I've written about this and I've talked to a professor at Appalachian State University, Ellen Lamont, and she talks about something called symbolic gendering which is this idea that um, as, you know, women kind of become the equal of men in every other way, you know, as we, um, you know, as we work more and, you know, we're, you know, graduating from college at a, you know, higher rate than, than men, there are fewer opportunities for a woman to be pursued as opposed to, like, do the pursuing. <laughs> um and, and so she talks about the proposal as this kind of thing that we cling on to, to, you know, enact those traditional gender roles when That's we don't see them anywhere else in our lives. It's kind of like we get to hold on to the Disney movie by letting men propose and women say yes right. or no. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it feels like a, you know, in the scheme of all of these antiquated traditions, it feels like a relatively harmless one. But to Caroline, clinging to this tradition seems wrong. You know, I would love to see men propose 50% of the time and women propose 50% of the time. Like, whoever's feeling it in that moment. A proposal feels really significant to me. It sets the tone for the rest of your life. It's the beginning of the rest of your life. 
So Ashley just has to set the tone for the rest of her life with one perfect marriage proposal. She can do that, right? After this break, we'll figure out how. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We're back with Ashley and with Caroline, our expert. And Ashley knows she wants to be with her boyfriend Carter for the rest of her life. But she doesn't know if this is the right time to propose. Or, for that matter, what she ought to be thinking about before they try and make this huge decision. I think, as with anything um, that I struggle with, it's how do I get started? Because as I like logically kind of think about it through the rest of what that process could look like, like, is there homework I need to do ahead of time? Like, <laughs> are there questions that I need to ask about, like, you know, what are your views on, like, finances, like, lease mm. or buy or, like, rent mm. or buy a house? Like, mm. I um, thought about this a things, lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, things we need to be on the same page about. And many of them we are, like I said, because we share a budget. Um but am I missing something? So I, before I got married, I felt like we needed to like sit down and go through a checklist. Like I, I felt <laughs> that sense very strongly and I didn't really know exactly what needed to be on the checklist, but like there were certain yeah. things that needed to be discussed <laughs> and certain <laughs> things that we needed to, I don't know, just like methodically go through. And this is something, I mean, I, I have divorced parents, and I think this is something that a lot of millennials. I, you're how old are you again, Ashley? I'm 29. You're 29. Yeah. Okay. So we're not too far off. Um, I'm 28. I have parents who don't have that great of a relationship. Like, how do I do better? Like, how do I do mm -hmm. well in marriage? Um, mm -hmm. And I actually earlier this year, one of my friends told me that she had made her and her partner, uh, they, they're not married, um, had made a relationship contract. And that was something that I hadn't heard about before, that concept, but I really liked it. It was the idea that they took a weekend and just went through all of the different potential issues, but also just like things that they wanted to make priorities in their lives. And they created That's this cool. like 20 page document that had a table of contents. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they would like, they, they would pull that document up, you know, when things came up, they would consult the contract. Um, mm. and, 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 and the purpose of the contract was not so much like, here is a document that I'm going to sign and you're going to sign. It was more like, this is a way to make sure that we have these conversations. I think it's a great idea. My wife and I actually, um, we write up contracts pretty regularly. Really? <laughs> yeah. What do you put in them? Yeah, like um, like what we expect from the other person and what we mm. promise we'll do. And, and honestly, I mean, I've been married for... Um, I guess it's 15 years this, this year. And it's really... 
useful. And 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 this interesting thing has happened, which which has hap- also happened to a lot of my friends who have been married for a while. Which is, it felt like we had fallen into these gender roles, and and we hated it. And I remember talking to one of my friends, a, a guy named Greg. And he was, he's married to this woman named Caitlin. And he said, you know, Caitlin comes home and she puts the dishes in the dishwasher and she doesn't mind putting the dishes in the dishwasher, but she hates the fact that she puts the dishes in the dishwasher without us agreeing to it. And so they sat mm-hmm. down and they said, okay, Greg is going to take out the trash and Caitlin is going to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Right. And we're both deciding that that's okay. And as soon as they decided yeah. that, it was fine. But just recognizing it and saying like, oh, this is actually equal. Like on this contract, this is something we can both sign and feel great about with clear hearts. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that because like, as we talk about marriage and proposals and this like fairy tale wedding, like you say the word contract and contract is not sexy, (laughs) but it makes things work. This is our first rule. When you're thinking of getting married, what you should do is order your favorite takeout, open a bottle of wine, and then sit down and write a relationship contract. And the goal of this contract is to set clear expectations about things like finances and kids and whose family you're going to celebrate holidays with, and most important, how you want to divvy up the responsibilities in your relationship, rather than just falling into traditional gender roles. So let's let's imagine you've had the conversation, you guys have written up a contract, it's 37 pages of, you know, small type. You've dotted all the I's, you cross all the T's. You know, there's been a little bit of like wine and, uh, and, and you're ready to sign. Now we're on to the next big problem, which is how do you propose? Caroline, tell me like, how did you propose? So I had like a hundred candles all out and I had the sign and I actually had the ring that I stole from his underwear drawer where he had been keeping it. <laughs> Um, And that was how I asked. And then I had all of our friends together um, waiting to celebrate with us. So you planned a big thing. I did. I planned a big thing. The fact that you were a woman proposing to a man, did that that change, you think, how you thought about it at all? I don't. I mean, the only like big logistical thing is like, what do you give him? <laughs> like, like there mm-hmm. is there is an item that is exchanged in a traditional like male proposes to female proposal. Um, and I asked a couple people about that and no one really had a good answer and Google had no good answers. And so <laughs> what I ended up doing was just giving him the ring back and he put it on me (laughs) uh so i'm curious ashley what are you thinking you'll do like do you want to give him something or yeah i'm like well why do do women just have get to have this flashy sparkly thing like why can't he have sparkly things too um and so like it's important for me to you know kind of gauge if he would want that but um he is the one who loves to cook most in our relationship, and he's wonderful at it. And part of me is like, do I propose with a KitchenAid mixer? Because, <laughs> like, because he's wanted one for so long, and this is really important to me. You're really important to me. You really want a KitchenAid stand mixer. What I love about this is that if if I was making a movie about, like, 1950s gender relations, and I wanted to show <laughs> that a, uh, a man was clueless... Definitely the scene would include him proposing to his wife by with, gi- a, kitchen. with a kitchen aid mixer rather than, rather than like <laughs> Yeah. But on the other hand, if you give it to if you give it to Carter, 
uh, you know, maybe that works. Yeah, it might work. <laughs> At the end of the day, a proposal is an offering, right? So put a ring on it or give your man a watch or a KitchenAid mixer. For this rule, anything goes. Still, how will Carter feel if Ashley's the one who proposes? I don't think it'll be necessarily stealing his thunder. And I don't know. And again, I think this is a thing that we'll learn as we, you know, do our contract is I don't think he didn't dream of like getting down on one knee and proposing to anyone. Like I'm not going to ruin like this childhood fantasy of his. Um, And I think he'll enjoy it. Totally. The experts that I've talked to about this, um, Ellen Lamont, from her study, she said that while the women felt it was very important for them to be asked, it actually, the men were far less bothered by the idea of the woman asking the men than the women were. You know, Ashley, living in in North Carolina, how do you think your town will react if you propose? Because you had said that you were kind of worried about how your friends might react and just sort of folks in the world might react. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that as I've been talking, and I love Durham. It's a wonderful place um, for so many reasons, Um, and it's a very progressive place. And so I don't think, you know, I will be, you know, kicked out if people are like, oh, my God, what have you done? Um, The people who are important to me are super supportive. Um, Yeah. And the ones who aren't, I probably don't like them a whole lot anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I felt, too. Here's another rule, and it it might be the most important one. You can't care about what other people think. You're not marrying any of them. Which brings us to our final question. How to actually plan the proposal itself. So walk me through this. So, okay, so so you know that you want to do something big. You, You don't want him to think that it's a joke. So let's workshop it. Like, like, take me through the, uh, take me through the event. Um, so I thought about inviting a bunch of folks over for dinner, um, because it's a thing that we have talked about is, um, just doing like a massive, like, five course dinner for friends and letting him kind of go nuts in the kitchen with flavors and different combinations and stuff that he's never tried before. Um, and that feels more right to me is doing something like that versus like, you know, the town square with like fireworks and things like that. Um, but as much as I want it to be um, kind of a small, close, quiet, um, intimate moment, I think there's also something really neat to having our friends there and they're all kind of in on it. Totally. That's exactly how I felt. There's a great marriage historian, Stephanie Koontz, who I've talked to quite a bit. And, you know, the marriage proposal is something that hasn't really changed a whole lot. What has changed is that they are getting, you know, bigger and more extravagant because of social media. You know, something that means something to the couple, that story, um, that you know, maybe surprise party with all the friends and family, like that is much more desired now because it is something to share in a way that, you know, it it never was before. If you feel like doing fireworks and organizing a flash mob for your proposal, you should go for it. But, But when I proposed, it was just me and the woman who became my wife in the desert. And all that really mattered was that she said yes. And then... 
Once you get that out of the way, then you can get down to the fun stuff, like planning the actual wedding. You know, I've seen folks who will have like their parents walk them halfway down the aisle and then they, you know, go the rest themselves. Right. Um, that's what I did. And yeah, that's really neat. And if it does turn out that like he doesn't beat me to it and I get to be the one to propose to him, that that would give us even more license to kind of flip things on their heads. Um, yeah. Like I said, I never wanted to do the garter toss because, wow, there is a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's so many things that we can just take or leave. So let me ask. So so we've we've talked about a lot of aspects of this, like sort of what you should think about before before popping the question and how do you write this contract? Has it clarified for you how to do this thing? It does. Um, and it tells me that I am more ready than I thought. Um, and I really love the tool of the contract because it helps things feel very equal, which is how I would want this whole experience to feel. Like from the proposal to the wedding, I want us to make these decisions together. And I don't want to feel like one person has more power over the other as to how this thing is going to go. And that's how I would want our marriage to go. That feels very right to me. Um, and that is something that I did not have before we sat down. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, Ashley, about like if you've thought about what you want to say. I have. And I kind of want to keep it short because I know I'm just going to panic and forget it all. You know, the thing I think about is, like, I've called you many things. I've called you babe. I've called you a jerk. I've called you, like, all these different things. But, like, the thing that I actually want to call you is my husband. Will you marry me? Like, mm. I need to keep That's it that nice. short. <laughs> That's a really nice... I I would... I would say yes. <laughs> oh, that's so affirming. Thank you. Thank you to Ashley for sharing her story with us. We, we hope everything works out with Carter, and we'll look forward to getting the wedding invitation in the mail. And thanks to Carolyn Kitchener for sharing her research and her own story of proposing to her husband. Do you have something we can help you with? Send us an email at howtoitslate.com, and we might have you on the show. And finally, please give us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. More people find the podcast that way, and that means we can help more people. Thanks. How To's executive producer is Derek John. Rachel Allen is our production assistant, and Merritt Jacob is our engineer. Our theme music is by Hannes Brown. June Thomas is the senior managing producer of Slate Podcasts, and Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Special thanks to Asha Saluja and Sung Park. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening.